Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, McCoy. Hey, McCoy. Welcome in to the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Espo and Gerald Bourget. I believe Saul Bookman will be joining us a little bit later yeah. on in the show. Remains to be seen. Uh, happy Tuesday. Hope you guys had a good holiday weekend of sorts. Anything fun on uh, your weekend radar? Okay, I got to ask you guys. Mm. I, saw, I saw Top Gun Maverick mm. yesterday. Uh, I'm not asking for a review. I, I don't even know if you've seen it, but if you were a fighter pilot, what would your what would your call handle, your call sign, like Maverick, be? You got one? Mm. Frax. What? Frax. Frax. F R A X. Okay. Why? It's a nickname from my, my like some of my OG <laughs> friends back when I was really young. Really? It's Nilla Frax is the whole thing, but Frax Nilla is the short end version. Yeah. That's was, a rap name. If yeah, you know. I was going to say. Go so check out the old tracks. Uh, I I'd know. go with Doughboy. I just think Doughboy. <laughs> I think that'd be a fun one. So. Um, I don't know. I'd probably go G Money or something oh. stupid with G in there. Girth. Oh, God. <laughs> what? One of the guys, Bob was his name. Bob? <laughs> okay. That was his actual I mean, that's a name. solid so one. Probably be Girth from above. So, yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, I love that. Mikhail in the chat says his call sign would be Phoenix. There you so, go. That's a good actually, one. Actually, a Phoenix in the movie. So. Yeah. I Anyways, random. I just I I got wondering that. Like an so. actual mythical Phoenix? Uh, could be yeah, a, could, I don't a, know. I don't. Whatever it is, whatever floats your boat, Gerald. No, no, it could go it, multiple ways. Was it in the movie? No. Oh. Like Fox? No, it was <laughs> it was a woman whose call or call sign was, uh, oh, was Phoenix. Less so. exciting. <laughs> that would make it a totally different movie if it was fighter jets taking on a Phoenix uh, you know, that had risen from the ashes. Oh, my goodness. Well, that was your question of the day. Can We're going to go with answer? that one. Yes. Mine would be cheese. Cheese. So I, Saul wouldn't like you. One. All right. <laughs> yeah, you and Saul would yeah, fight. That's, that's tough. All right. Well, it is Trade Machine Tuesday. <laughs> and today we're going to look at the seven sign and trade deals that Gerald put together for DeAndre Ayton and the Phoenix Suns. That article is over at gophnx.com if you want to sit down and read it and really dissect everything. Um, but we're going to talk about it a little bit here today. We're going to go through all of these things that Gerald kind of came up with. They made sure they were legitimate options, right? Mm -hmm. Like the money actually made sense there. They were legal type of moves that these teams could make. So these aren't exactly... Um, too far pie in the sky. Should we put the disclaimer on this before we get into We got these. a lot of disclaimers to yeah. go through yes. on this. Yeah. Would you like to go through the first one? The yes. first disclaimer. <laughs> I believe we are all in agreement that the Sun should retain DeAndre in, and uh, for me at least, just force him and Monty to go therapy. Work through it. Talk about your feelings, you guys. Learn how to communicate better. Couples therapy does work. 
uh, at least in my mind, don't ask my wife. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree. Unless there's some big game hunting that you could go for, which I know we'll kind of get into that. But I, I think the most logical way to go with this is, is bringing DA back. Yeah, and that's kind of the conclusion. It's not even so much it doesn't even matter where you lie on the spectrum of you know what you believe da's ceiling is or what you believe his fit is with this team it's honestly just as much about the returns and sign in trades are historically low because the math is tricky to navigate with a sign in trade and we'll get into some of that but your best option kind of by default is to figure out a way to bring da back i don't think a lot of people are on board with a full five-year max um, because if it didn't happen last year, it's very unlikely to happen at this point in time. Um, but if you can bring it back on a four-year max, then you still retain your flexibility. You still have one of the best five to seven centers in the NBA, and you still have the core intact of what is a really, really good basketball team. I know that people are low on this group right now because of the way that they fizzled out, but you also don't want to react because you look at all these other contenders and the one thing that they have on their side is repeated playoff failures and getting over that hump and then continuity and cohesion and having structure and culture and all those things intact. So if you're breaking it up at this point in time, it better be for a good move. And as we'll cover, the home run move might not be there in a sign and trade scenario. And you you brought up in the article, there's another reason that, D, well, five million reasons why DA uh, should probably just sign that four million or four-year deal here in Phoenix, and it's that he can make five million dollars more than he can sign on the open market uh, mm. with that, correct? Right, and that's yeah, and that's the big <clears throat> point that the Suns have on their side is yeah, they could offer him the five-year max, which is a lot more money. I think it'd be one hundred and seventy some million um, compared to a four-year one hundred and thirty-one million that another team can sign. But even their four-year max that they can offer is still 5.5 million more than what anyone else can offer so the Suns are in the driver's seat if they want to keep da they have every resource available to do that it's just going to come down to well does da want a four-year max does he want out can they repair those bridges a lot of uh, other questions that those two sides will have to answer all right so we already have some comments rolling in rick james said just sign him and trade him during the season so, Gerald, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I know mm. you wrote about this in your article. There are a lot of guidelines mm. that we have to take into consideration when we're talking about some of these. And I know it's going to be a lot to kind of try and share and digest. But if you could at least give us like the cliff notes of it all. Yeah. So cliff notes, <laughs> if the Suns, uh, if DA plays on his one year qualifying offer, which is an unlikely scenario, but it would be for a record, I think, 16 million dollars. Um, he's on a one-year contract and then he has the power to veto any trade. If he, if he's, if he signs an offer sheet with another team and the Suns match, I believe it's the same scenario where the Suns similar, but same where they can't trade him, uh, and for another year. So you want to try to sign him yourself, um, and, and keep that flexibility. Then I believe it would be that December, uh, it's usually like 15th. Yeah. It's yeah. something like that where recently signed free agents are then trade eligible. Um, and again, you know, the bright scenario for a superstar might not even come about at the trade deadline. So this could be a moot point for those who are suggesting like, let's just sign him and trade him down the line later. It might not be for a while. So you would still have to repair those bridges and, and fix 
um, you know, whatever that off the court stuff that we're hearing rumblings about, uh, you'd still have to deal with that. But in terms of the actual sign and trades, the math is difficult because of what's called base year compensation. So basically, Aiton would be signing for a starting salary that year of $30.5 million, but his contract value, as far as the trade math is concerned, would only be $15.25 million. So it's hard to automatically make up that gap because you can only trade for 125% of, you can only take on that much more. So in this case, you know, the Suns, what they would be bringing in since his value, his contract would be at 15.25 million would be 125% of that, which is just under 19.2 million. So they can only bring that in in a straight up trade unless you're getting another team involved or you're adding different players into the mix on both sides to make the math work so neither team is taking on too much in salary because the Raptors would be taking 30.5 million in but the outgoing trade value would only be 15. So it's it's hard to overcome that type of math just right off the bat. The other team would need to send out 24 million in salary, which is more than the 19 million that they could take in. So right. that's difficult to overcome right away. Forgive my lizard brain if you said this, but if they match mm-hmm. a four-year max, they can't trade him in the first year, correct? If they match a four-year max, I would need to look this up, but I think he might be trade oh no if he match yeah if they match match, sorry uh if they match i don't think he's trade eligible for the first year yeah so a lot a lot to take into consideration when we are talking about things like this but we're going to do our best to um make sure we're sharing information that is legitimate factual Mm -hmm. and actually possible realistic right (laughs) which is what will lead us to um these seven potential sign and trade options that Gerald worked so hard on, uh, making sure the math was correct, making sure it all worked out. So we'll start with Indiana Pacers. So Miles Turner, Chris, Chris Duarte, and 2022 number six overall pick for DeAndre and Landry Shamit, and a lottery-protected 2025 first-round pick. Yeah, so this one... Right off the bat, we've talked a little bit about a Miles Turner workaround. And I do want to shout out uh, David Nash of the Four Point Play because he was a huge help to me in double checking my math and working through some scenarios here to make sure that what we were suggesting is legal. Um, Because there are some trades that you put into the trade machine, even on Fanspo, and the math doesn't work technically, but it still goes through on that. So be wary of that if you're spitballing trades. Um, Nobody's aware of that. They yeah, just want to get the best. I know, player I know, but the- that's we're raising awareness here. <laughs> um, this one is it's okay. Like Chris Duarte had a nice rookie season, um, and he's another young scorer that would be on a cheap contract, and you would hope that he has um, a little bit of scoring and ball handling pop because we saw what happened when. Chris Paul was ailing and Devin Booker was double teamed every time the offense just sputtered. Miles um, Turner would kind of be the DA replacement and he wouldn't be a very good one-on-one replacement for DA. He's a great rim protector and shot blocker um, and he can shoot the three ball with much more confidence than DA currently does, but he's not particularly efficient. I think he shot like 34% this year Um on medium volume. So he's a guy that can spread the floor, but doesn't do it at a very dangerous rate. He's not a good rebounder. Um, and we, it would remain to be seen if he's a guy that can kind of defend on the perimeter the way that DA does in a potential playoff scenario. So um, this one is kind of to get things started. 
and it's not terrific, you probably would have to throw in a first rounder down the road, lottery protected in this case, if you're asking for Chris Duarte back, which you would need to to make the math work. So I am curious about your guys' thoughts on this first one. I mean, first and foremost, my biggest question is, does DA want to go to Indiana? Well, because I would I would say no in a heartbeat to that if I were D.A. for one. And then, two, do you think Indiana is willing to give up Chris Duarte realistically? I think that D.A. wants to go wherever he can be a focal point. I think he'd be a focal point in Indy if they bring him in. So I don't think that that's that's necessarily prompt to me. If you were going to do this, you should have done it at the trade deadline and gotten Sabonis, right? The better of the bigs that they had in my mind that would fit the Sun system. I don't need a center who gets six rebounds a game. I mean, people are frustrated with DeAndre Ayton. You mentioned this in the article. Imagine how they'd feel about Miles Turner as their center. Like, Mm -hmm. this does nothing for me in the least. Just nothing for me uh, in terms of excitement in, in a deal or even being okay and accepting uh, of a deal if you're the Suns. I don't understand why you would you'd make that kind well, of th- this is This goes back to our disclaimer that if we're pursuing a sign-and-trade here for We're going to get the short end of the stick. You're, yeah, you are backed into a corner where there are irreconcilable differences and you have to trade him to just to get something for it. Look, I get getting the short end of the stick, but this is like going up to bat in a Major League Baseball game with a toothpick. This is the shortest <laughs> of the short sticks that you're drawing out of all these options. I just, I don't like this one at all. I also think that you've got to take into consideration, obviously, that number six pick as well. Is there somebody in this draft that you really like? And because there is a caveat that they're not allowed to, quote unquote, publicly legally talk about these type of trades till after the draft right how do you navigate that they're not allowed to get caught talking about these this this would put up air quotes for anybody who's listening on audio they would have to be very careful about how they pursue this tampering wise because it would have to be a scenario where it is the pacers drafted someone that the suns really like after the fact because as you mentioned draft is a week before free agency starts so you can't be negotiating this type of deal before free agency starts (laughs) it happens all the time in the nba but like you have to keep you have to go about it the right way or as we saw with uh who was it the was the hawks and the bogdan bogdanovich the bucks last year with their sign and trade that the league basically nixed um and then he wound up in atlanta like you have to be careful how you go about it. Saul's yeah. here, everybody. Saul's been here the oh, whole time. Chad which... knew. They were like, oh, hey, what's up, buddy? I'm just, um, just going to let you guys finish it out. Do you want to Do you wanna chime he in on this particular one? That's my There's biggest no thing. Way. I don't think he agrees There's, to go there. Yeah, because nobody wants to go to Indiana. Why would With those you? Bums, there's no way. I don't care how much he wants to be the superstar Even if of the you, focal point. Yeah. He doesn't want to go back to the 19-win seasons of 2018. I promise you oh, that. Oh, he doesn't care. He, yes, he DA does wants care. to be the focal point. No, he wants, wants his to money. win, too. Then if he wants to win, he would shut up. He'd take the four-year here. Like that's That's the simple play here. If you want to win and make your money... Be in Phoenix if it's not about being the focal point. You know how places have like zero days since workplace incident? Yeah. We just reverted back to zero days since insulting a city. <laughs> it's been it was like sixty Damn. before that. Dude, I spent Listen, a week I got in Indiana, mad beef out with like Indiana. Three or four months ago. Trust me, that place is a dumpster fire. I did not enjoy my time that I was there. So hey, simplified. 
Fuck them Indianans. All right. Any final thoughts on this potential option? Nope. Okay, no. we're moving on. Atlanta Hawks. So this one has Clint Capella. Wait, 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 wait. I do have something to say to what Espo's point was about, well, if he wants to win, then he should. I think there's – they don't have to be exclusive of each other, the fact that he wants to be a focal point and he wants to win. I don't think you can only have one or the other. Have you have you looked at the teams with cap space? Anybody he'd be able to go to or some of these tra- signing trade things. Why can't he want to be the focal point here? He can. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. Like, I'm not saying he can't want I mean, to be oh, the focal so point. We just we did a disclaimer off the top mm-hmm. that in the perfect situation, Da would remain a Phoenix Sun and they would okay. figure it out. So we we, we already disclaimed that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is just. Well, then tell Espo because he's the one that attacked me with that state bullshit. <laughs> okay, moving on. The Atlanta Hawks. So this one has Clint Capella and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Coming to Phoenix for DA, Dario Saric, Tori Craig, and an unprotected 2023 first round pick. I think that's 25. Oh, yeah, 2025? 25. Yeah. Okay, 25. 2025 first round pick. The original target here, this is something you shared in the article as well, and something we talked about, I believe, last week, is mm-hmm. that it was kind of Clint Capella, Kevin Herter, and Jalen Johnson were kind mm-hmm. of in the conversation, but the math on that was off. So that yes. wouldn't have worked. Yeah, so Fanspo's, uh, their trade machine has Clint Capella's value, his contract value, at a slightly different amount than what it actually is on Track. So that was the reason for the math uh, not panning out in that case. But if you switch to Clint Capella and Bogdan Bogdanovich, it works with this particular uh, trade option here. And this one is probably, out of all of the kind of underwhelming options, this is the one that I like the most. This is the best underwhelming option. Yeah, because I feel like Clint Capella is about as good as you're going to ask for in terms of a one-on-one replacement for DA. Like, in terms of guys that are actually available, he's a better rebounder. He's a better shot blocker. He's very limited offensively compared to DA. That mid-range release valve that the Suns had with DA would be completely gone but they would be getting a nice bench piece who can score on his own in Bogdan Bogdanovich, kind of a secondary ball handler, playmaker, shooter. Um, and that's kind of in terms of what you could expect out of a DA trade. This feels like one of the best case scenarios. That's not one of our superstar pie in the sky trades. This one feels to me like you're saying, if we want to be the kind of team we were last year, this accomplishes it. Right. I like you you get a a suitable replacement at center mm-hmm. and you bolster the bench a little bit so it makes up for you know a little bit of the the offense you're losing for DA you're getting a little bit more on the bench. I feel like this is a tread water kind of move. Make sure you're you're good again next year, but it doesn't necessarily put you any closer to a championship. You're not taking some some home run swing where you, this is a low, you know, high, not a high ceiling, not a low floor. This is just a keep things status quo kind of trade to me. <laughs> this trade sucks. It doesn't suck at all. Dude, it they, really doesn't listen, suck. Listen, I, I'm just never going to be on board with trading DA for the same shit that you're going to get back. Like it, it's, it's just, it does nothing for me. Like, if we don't get significantly better, then what's the point? You might as well keep DA. But that's but, the thing. But that's, this, this just, exercise is simply to say if it, it is so far beyond repair for the Suns and they have to resort to a sign-in tray, trade, 
This is the exercise to talk through it. This is not a best case scenario type of a situation. This is a literal worst case scenario. We have to do something before the next season starts. This is this exercise. This, this is mean, reality. I, I will say this. If, if, that's, if that's what we're playing by, then I guess this is the best of the worst. I like, <laughs> I, I just, it does nothing for me. Like I like Bogdan Bajanovic. He's he's a he's a he's a good player, um, but he doesn't you know he doesn't move the needle dramatically a lot. And then Clint Capella is just Clint Capella. He's gonna get you rebounds. He's gonna dunk the ball. Like <laughs> I could give a shit less about. He's gonna play else some, he's he gonna play defense. Like this is this is as close you're gonna get to a, a DA replacement at center in any of these deals. But I think one of the closest guys you'll get. He doesn't have the potential that DA has, but in terms of production right now, it's as close as you're going to get to a guy to step in there and provide you if, what he did. Except if, offensively. Right. If, you, if you're making this trade, it's because you are buying into what you saw out of JaVale McGee and Bismack Biombo and saying, okay, the Suns offense can do that with a better player, Clint Capella. If it can do that with these guys, what can it do with Clint Capella? That's what you're trying to buy into. And I get right now, like, Buying into a Chris Paul and Devin Booker heavy offense after what happened in the playoffs, not everybody's going to be on board with that. Like, and that's totally fair. Uh, I, does Clint Capella? And uh, excuse me, I mm. haven't watched a lot of Hawks games. Sure. So does Clint, How Ca- dare you does solve? Clint Capella solve the riddle of what would have happened against the Mavs this year? Or against the Golden State Warriors in terms of oh let's just spread these fucks out and attack their big men because they can't guard in the no, perimeter. It's for shit. Be, this literally is the same. You're going to wind up having the same problems you had this year, probably so, more so. So then we're, we then we would just triple down on McGee and Bismack as well. Like we have no nobody that could guard on the perimeter that's a big whatsoever on the roster. I don't disagree on that. Again, those bigs are very rare and even DA who's considered one of those bigs struggled with that. So that's that might be honestly a separate conversation as far as okay, who are you going to target who's a small ball 5 who you can reliably throw out there for when other teams go small cuz those guys are in short supply in the NBA right now. Um and that would be something you'd have to explore probably separately. Um but yeah, I I I, I think defensively, it would be a slight downgrade on the perimeter for sure. I think it'd be an upgrade in the interior. And I think offensively, just based on this series, like we saw Kevon Looney tearing apart the Mavs by just doing the little things. An like, upgrade on the in, on the interior, how? As a shot blocker. Like Clint Capel is yeah. a better interior presence at the rim than DA is. Not that DA is bad in that regard, but he doesn't get a lot of blocks. He contests a lot of shots. Um but Capella is slightly better. In that you'd imagine the defensive scheme would change, too, with Capella because you wouldn't be as willing to to switch like right. they did. It'd with be less DA switching. Versatility-wise, Clint Capella limits you in in terms of what Da can do versus what he can do defensively. So I feel like yeah. the blocking shots at the rim thing kind of neutralizes itself out when you can't you can't really match up Capella the way you could with Da. Yeah, but he also right. is a better on the board. So like the rebounds for sure. Yeah, you know, so like I I think you'd have to get stronger with your perimeter defense in general with mm-hmm. this kind of a deal. But I the I think Bogdan makes your your bench better mm. too, which is which is something you can't ignore in this is that you're 
your bench scoring gets better, your bench shooting, or your option to bring him in with some of those starters and spread the floor a little bit more becomes a, becomes a, a better chance. Uh, so I'm okay with this one, but it's not it's not my favorite of the group. Fair. I think it's my second favorite of the uh, non-pie in the sky ones. That's where I'm at too. Yeah. I think this is probably my second favorite. Of the ones we're going to. And, and someone did ask in the comments, why would the Suns include a first rounder in this trade? And it's a distant one, 2025. And it would be because if you're getting Bogdan Bogdanovich back in the trade as well, like DA alone is not going to cut it. Like Dario Saric and Tory Craig, those are expiring contracts, but they're not needle movers in any way. You'd have to throw in some type of sweetener to get the D, especially if you're coming at it from a place without leverage, which is the scenario we're talking about here. Yeah. All right, let's move on. The next one we've got with the Chicago Bulls. So Nikola Vucevic, Patrick Williams, and Alex Caruso <gasps> for DeAndre and Jay Crowder campaign and a lottery-protected 2025 first-round pick. <laughs> Clearly we know how Espo feels about mm -hmm. this one. Gerald Saul, are you feeling the same you sure way? you don't want to just trade the whole roster away? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Jesus, for those guys? like uh, hey, Alex Caruso and Patrick Williams are good. I understand the trepidation about Vucevic, though. You, you had me until you started mentioning all the guys <laughs> the Suns were going to have to trade. And I was like, oh, because you're right, I mean, Alex Caruso. I would love Alex Caruso on the Suns. Like mm -hmm. he's he's a dog. He gets after defensively. He's that annoyance that we talked about. We mm -hmm. don't really have uh, anymore because Chris Paul used to be kind of that annoyance, mm -hmm. but now because he's kind of treading, you know, in the wrong direction, trending in the wrong direction uh, defensively, he can only be in a, a nuisance like for like two minutes out of every forty-eight. You know what I mean? Like right. you need that guy that's a constant pain in the ass. Um, and just causes a little bit of discomfort for the other team. And Alex Russo definitely does that. Patrick Williams, you know, from Florida State, a great, you know, all-around athlete. The Suns were rumored to, to be in that mix. Injury back, concerns. You know, injury concerns for sure. But I do like his flexibility. He's a, he's a good, solid big. Um, but, oh, man, like you got to give up not only DA, but you also got to give up a savvy Jay Crowder. And I know Jay Crowder – it's kind of almost on the same trajectory as CP3, where they're on the back uh, backslide of their their career, but but he is still a savvy vet, and I don't really like to throw him into that mix unless we can get something that I feel like is is tangible. I feel like you're already giving up so much with Da that return. I'm not a you 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 want me to bring in. That Elmer looking, Elmer Fudd looking mofo, oh and give out give out Jay Crowder. You want a dog? You got Jay Crowder. I don't need Alex Caruso as the what would appear to be the centerpiece of a DA deal. Like I, you know, I mean I the just, all the two time All Stars, the centerpiece of the like, DA deal. Like Vucevic, <laughs> yes, that, yeah, we've seen we saw what he did in Chicago last year, mm -hmm, and did. he's a defensive sieve. I don't need Fair. Nikola Vucevic in, in this right now. I like no, I'm good thing. I think my favorite part about this one is the minute that we said the scenario, everyone in the chat was just like popping off. There's a hard pass. There's a I only like Caruso, but the rest is a hell no. There's Patrick Williams is underrated. Patrick Williams, I'm down. I just dry heaved in my mouth. Like this one <laughs> is the most all over the place so far that we've talked about that the chat has. I mean, has and it's, set, and it's feeding because with DA, the chat is always all over the place. Like he either sucks or he's great. He's <laughs> yes. a future he's Hall of Famer. He's a scrub. Like it's all over the place. Like pay the man, don't pay the man. Like mm. so it would be fitting that we would trade, <laughs> we make a trade for a bunch of guys that 
fit the same ilk. There you go. Well, look, I, I, if if I knew you were going to get Patrick Williams that that reaches his full potential, then this is a little bit more. Also, if appealing. you trade Jay Crowder, then there's no more pool parties, man. Yeah, <laughs> who's gonna host the pool party? Oh, no, oh, not no. the pool party. Oh, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, Gerald, I'll give you a minute to share your, yeah, your two yeah. thoughts, and then we'll move on. Obviously, at the center spot, this is a downgrade, especially with the year Vucevic had. He didn't shoot the ball well from three, but he is a more capable three-point shooter. You would be hoping again that an offense that targets its centers in the way that it does would help him. Um, he's not the most athletic rim rolling big though. So that's my concern here. Caruso would be a really good addition to their perimeter defense. He would be a more reliable backup for campaign come playoff time, which is a huge need. We saw that with Chris Paul, not being hundred percent, how big that was. And Patrick Williams is super young. At some point you need to get young guys that are capable of starting or playing right now on team cost effective contracts. Patrick Williams is that dude, even coming off a season where he was limited by, I think it was a wrist injury. Um, Jay Crowder, I love Jay Crowder. It'd be tough giving him up in addition to DA, but he's also, like Saul said, on the backside of his career. He's an expiring contract, so that would make him more attractive to a team like the Bulls that's trying to compete now but wants to maintain flexibility, campaign, (laughs) <laughs> let's let's I, let's bring back the campaign revival tour in the windy city yeah i love i love that campaign. didn't go well <laughs> i love campaign going back to a city where somebody in the organization anonymously <laughs> said he doesn't have nba talent yeah like <laughs> so that'd be entertaining for yeah. sure this one is one of my least favorite ones of the trades that we've that i worked out here um but if you are looking for again if you're in a situation where you need to deal da and get something back in return Getting an all, a two-time All-Star and two capable rotation players who you could actually trust come playoff time, you would still have to figure out how you're going to hide Vucevic in the playoffs on defense, but that's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> all right, moving on to the next one. San Antonio Spurs, Jakob Pertl, Devin Vassell, and so, a 2022 number nine overall I pick. I do have a legit question, and actually mm. somebody brought it up. Somebody asked, and I don't know this, mm. um, but... Do we have any trades that do not involve centers? Yes. We do? Okay. I just want to make sure we cross that. Yeah. Okay. So San Antonio Spurs, Jakob Pertl, Devin Vassell, and a 2022 number nine overall pick for DeAndre Ayton. How y'all feeling about this one? Do it. I think this is, this is my favorite <laughs> one of the non-pie in the sky ones just because I think there's, there's a lot of potential mm. here with like – younger players you'd have to be play the waiting game a little bit more but there uh, is some potential i was being sarcastic i don't like this trade at all i mean I there's like not a purtle. ton to pick up from are you not purtle uh, enough for the purtle club mm, nope. <laughs> look i'm purtled out <laughs> I, one big reason i would hate to do this mm. is the fact that you'd be handing greg popovich da deandre and tapping into that potential oh it God. just feels like Something that would come back to bite you <laughs> oh in the ass. Could so you imagine that? Could you imagine? Could you imagine in a worst case scenario, DA goes to San Antonio and all of a sudden he becomes fucking David Robinson and they go all the way to the playoffs and they eliminate the Suns. The Spurs 
Oh my god, no, no. Just for that for just for that That's reason. That's my thought. Like just for that reason. So we're living in fear of a play in team right now. Yes. Sick, sick, okay. Well, I not, just want to I no, just well, want to verify that we're living in fear of DA becoming David they would Robinson. not be a play in team in this scenario. No, they wouldn't. Like, if, well, if, but they're not if a contender DA turns either. Into a fucking dominant big man, well, like the way we hoped he would be. He's been a dominant big man here. I'm like, talking next level. Let, let's, like, be, 30, let's be 20 fair. The Suns aren't. You know I mean? The Suns aren't a contender if they make this deal. No, I, think, I disagree with. that. I think it drops them into that into that range with the the Utahs, the Denver's, the Denver's, without. the New Orleans. If Zion comes back strong, like I disagree with that, and that's because people don't understand how good Jakob Pertl actually is. Like they look at his overall numbers and they think that he's just kind of an average dude. He's a better defensive center than DeAndre Ayton. If you look at the numbers, if you look at the rim protection, the defense on the interior, he's one of the best under the radar defenders in the NBA at any position. Then you throw in Devin Vassell, who is going to be a pretty good two-way player. He's not a primary, maybe even a secondary option, but he's a good wing player who can match up on at the guard spot or on the wing and bolster the bench which we've talked a lot and about bolster the bench and you get the number nine pick and i know a lot of people aren't really high on the draft right now because let's be honest we were watching a playoff run we weren't paying attention to the draft <laughs> prospects in the last couple of months but that's still a top 10 pick in return for da on top top of potal and vassell who you should have drafted one of the guys that you could have drafted I'm talking next year, though. I'm not talking oh, yeah. long term. Well, Pirtle's only – he's an expiring, so I he get, might only be a rental. I get that, but I'm saying next year they they move into that more the middle of the pack rather than a Western Conference frontrunner. It may set you better up better for the future, but if you're looking at next year, uh, I think that, that takes you a step down, right? But you get that nine pick – right. there's one that I think might – might be aside able from to. our pie in the sky ones. Well, yeah, most I mean, of these you're taking obviously. a slight step back and hoping that system trumps the loss of talent that you're dealing with this here. is james jones looking at the future and going how do i bring in talent that can grow with us right that's cost effective i think all right next one detroit pistons mm -hmm. so we've got jeremy grant and isaiah stewart and a lottery-protected 2025 first-round pick for D.A. and Jay Crowder. Now we talking. This is your <laughs> favorite I, like. I think Jeremy okay. Grant gives you the power forward you've been looking for, the guy that can score when Devin Booker and Chris Paul can't get it going. I like this move. Now, you're obviously going to have to go find a center, but I think you can, you'll go out, you'll, you'll get creative if you're James Jones and try to find – that I like this. Plus, you get a guy that punked LeBron, and I'm, I'm a big fan <laughs> of that as well. Uh, so you're you're getting what Jay Crowder provided you in terms of that. Uh, you get the drama. You get the drama. I'm obviously kidding with that part, but I like <laughs> I, I like what Grant could bring offensively. This is a big swing that has a high ceiling, but also could could crater too. But that's the kind of move. If you're going to move off DA, I want to take a big chance. If you're not getting a sure thing and in a superstar, I want to take a chance on a guy that could dramatically change your fortunes. Dramatically like change? If he if he reaches what you think he can in this deal, because I think he can be that third scoring option you didn't really have that could, could wind up creating his own shot. Now, the biggest thing is, does his ego 
want to want to play here because he left Denver because he wanted to be that guy, right? But he was that guy in Detroit and saw it. Maybe it ain't all that's cracked up to be, and that's what you got to hope. So, go ahead. Yeah, that's <laughs> a hell no for me. Like I just. <laughs> I'm not a big Jeremy Grant guy to begin with. I do like the flexibility. Like we talked to, I, I was just talking about the who are you going to put on the perimeter when you have to guard some of these teams. And mm-hmm. Jeremy Grant will give you that. I'll give him that. And he is a better scorer. Um, you know, and he definitely stepped it, stepped it up a notch when he got to Detroit. But um, again, like, and this is just, I'm, I'm looking at this team for what they are, um, the Suns. And you put this piece in there. You just if you put this piece in there, you're, you're hoping that everybody else can step it up as well. Um, and that's we're talking about championship aspirations, and I just don't feel like Jeremy Grant is going to get you to that to that level that you need to be at. I, I think my concern with Jeremy Grant is okay for starters, he's on that expiring contract, so this could just shape up to be a rental depending on his opinion of himself, and that's probably the bigger concern that I have is he left a really good situation on a contender in Denver where he was like the fourth guy because he thought he was a number one option. He went to Detroit. He took that money. Everybody made fun of the Pistons for giving him that deal. And then it looked like he was going to be, he could be that dude. He was really good there. And then the efficiency kind of dove off and then the effort kind of dove off. And now suddenly the Pistons are, have had him involved in trade talks uh, dating back to the trade deadline. So it's one of those things where is he ready to look at his last two years in Detroit and be like, okay, maybe I'm not that guy. I could win a championship with the Suns if I embrace that role. Or is he still like, no, I'm the dude. I should be the dude. I'm going to, cause then you're basically trading one guy who wants to do more for another guy who wants to do more. And you still have to plug your center spot. So that's tricky. I mean, that that's fair. That that's a fair assessment on that. I have no argument there. And that's and that's my biggest thing, especially. Is this is, the one that you were excited about? This is the one that I think, if if you make it outside of the, the the two we'll get at the end that are obviously no brainers if they could happen, but there's very limited right. chance that they'd happen. This one makes me go, okay, at least you're getting a guy with star potential that could come in and fill one of the major problems you had in that playoff run in terms of you know, third score, perimeter defense, those kind of things. Right. And he is a very good two-way player, but that's the thing is you would be hoping that he would take what he learned in Detroit as a primary option and be able to do that as the third guy here and then also buy into a a lesser role and be that defensive because he could be a very good small ball center for stretches as well. But, you know, that's that's a lot to ask given what he's – Gone through the last two I think years. There's too many what ifs yeah. with this one. It's it's yeah. not worth the risk. Being the best team on the worst team in, or the best player on the worst team in the league does nothing for me. Like, yeah. especially if you're not putting up outlandish numbers because you are you and uh, oh I, I forget his name the other their guard that they just picked from Oklahoma State, Cade. Uh, Cade, yeah, yeah, are the only two options on that team. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. And you know you're still you're putting up nice numbers but nothing astronomically crazy. And I. I, I pass. I like like we said. I think most of these don't get you anywhere closer to where you want to be. This one, I was just intriguing. I think he could be a number two option here with Chris Paul having to step back a little bit just based on age. All right, these next ones are kind of a go big or go home type of situation, just like 
the NBA Finals on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. And if you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA Finals, DraftKings has you covered with same-game parlays. This NBA season, there was a customer that placed a $5 same-game parlay and won over $5,000. So this is the type of scenario where you can go big (laughs) and get your money and go home. Thanks to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PHNX. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. That's 21 and older only, Arizona only. Gambling problem, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 minimum deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Are you guys so excited for these next ones? These are the ones that everyone wants to happen. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah, first up, let's talk about the Brooklyn ahead. Nets. So this one would have Kevin Durant. Coming to Phoenix for DeAndre and Jay Crowder, (laughs) Landry Shamit, and three future first-round picks. Yeah, yeah, I'd do this in a heartbeat, but one, why would the Nets want Landry Shamit back, first of all? To make the math work. this isn't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And I really hope I'm reverse jinxing this, but this is not going to happen. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> Lindsay says so. That's both. That's both. Like, uh, if, why if this are you happens, so damn disgruntled about these all the time? I, I will drive DA, Landry Shamit, the three first round picks in my trunk to the airport and personally in welcome KD. The three, the, no, the, the picks. The picks. Oh, They're not in the trunk. No, oh, DA okay. and Shamit oh, yeah. are in, in the front. Shamit maybe can drive the Have truck. Have you seen I don't know. It's a little small for the <laughs> No. I'd happily drive to the airport as fast as possible if this were a reality. I just don't think so. I do like Brendan Clean, our friend in the chat. Weed is legal here now. Katie to Phoenix confirmed. Sources. Well, <laughs> listen, three first rounds is a lot. But mm-hmm. if you're in championship contention every single year, then those three first rounds are kind of whatever. Like they, they don't really matter. And mm-hmm. if and if you sign KD or if you get KD, you're 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 here for four years. Uh, I think he has four years left on his deal. Yeah, yeah. So that's a four year window. Those draft picks mean shit. Oh, they don't yeah. mean anything. So if you're the Suns, you do this in a heartbeat. Um, if you're the Nets, you probably are like, eh, no, nah, we're gonna need something a little bit more. Like you know, uh, another bigger name to to go along and, and at least try to build in the future with. So, and that's that's the tricky part. Was I tried to include just to cut down on the first rounders, and people aren't going to be happy about this. But you Brace have yourselves. to you have to include a Cam Johnson or a Mikael Bridges in a trade like this to really beat out I beat out everybody else. Cam Johnson, I the math doesn't do work. There is another alternative to this trade where you do KD for DA and Mikhail Bridges straight up, and that does work mathematically. I would still do that. (laughs) Is it it a yes? Let's go to Saul. Yes. Gerald? Yeah, because you still have Cam Johnson. I don't think twice. I'm like, hey, nice to see you. Bye. Bro. As much as as we love Mikhail, I feel like this is a situation where you just have to kind of like. KD. 
for Mikhail and DA, you don't even think twice about that. Yeah. But I would much rather do the first version of this trade. If yeah, we're, yeah. If we're oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. But if the Nets want more that's in terms of one. actual young cornerstone blue chip talent, that's the way to sell that's, it. That's yeah. the only way to sell it if you're Brooklyn. It's yes. like, listen, we're going to give up a lot. We're hedging our bets that the future is going to be much, much different, minus Kyrie and KD. Mm-hmm. What you got? And you give them two centerpieces for the mm-hmm. future yes that's the only way you do this if you're brooklyn the other one is like ah, whatever i i do it i'm a million percent with that oh yeah well I, the no chat's hesitation. on board too i feel like i don't think i've seen one yet oh wait no there's one single no but i also don't know if it was for this one or if it was for the last one it could have been farther back but everyone is pretty much on board this is like the thirst trap of trades it's like look it's kd you're like i don't care what's on the other side like yes please yeah it's it's like come look at this it's kd and phoenix don't ever make that post again so like we talked about i think it was last week on the show we talked about kevin durant possibilities this only happens if the Nets completely balk on handing Kyrie a new contract, which they will, for fairly understandable reasons, honestly. And then Kevin Durant looks around at the roster and is like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, I can't finish the next four years here. I'm not going to win a title mm-hmm. here. And then he looks at Phoenix and goes, okay, book CP3 and, you know, whoever's left from a sign and trade, like, let's do that and forces his way out. Also, if you send DA. To, to Brooklyn with Mikhail, mm-hmm. I think he's more apt to sign, do the sign and trade in the first place um, just because yeah. he is going with Mikhail. I think they're their besties. That makes them feel a little more confident and comfortable. Um, I think, and, and you're going to New York. Like, let's be honest, that's a selling point, mm-hmm. especially when you're talking about advertising money and, and sponsorships and stuff like that. I think that that second scenario, I know we didn't, we didn't put it up there, but that's the one. That is the one. <laughs> Well, I think it makes sense for all feasible. parties in, involved because Brooklyn can sell that, Phoenix can sell that. Yeah, uh, I still don't think it it happens. Oh, but man, that tickles that tickles my fancy. <laughs> it's a, instead of a thirst trap, it's a girth trap. Oh. It is a girth trap. <laughs> a girth hashtag girth trap. We should make a graphic. Oh, we don't need a graphic. I feel I like we already have a graphic for oh, that. No, we, we just need to put girth trap on top of it. It's a girth trap. That would be right. on it. Our next yeah. one. Is that a Woj bomb? It's a girth trap. Oh, no. <laughs> That's funny. That's right. It is. Oh, boy. Okay. So our next uh, scenario and our last scenario involves the Toronto Raptors. This one has Pascal Siakam, Svi Mikhailiuk, uh, for DeAndre and Jay Crowder, Tory Craig, and an unprotected 2023 first round pick. Mm. And to be clear, because the Suns already traded their first round pick this year, they wouldn't be able to do that until after the draft, but free agency is after the draft anyway. So because someone had asked about the Ted Stepien rule, which doesn't allow you to trade picks in back to back drafts. As soon as the draft is over, then the cycle resets and you're able to. So just a heads up on that. All right. Is this does this one feel any more realistic than Toronto's or does it feel equally as pie in the sky to you guys? I mean, that's what I meant. Yes, thank you. Um, I mean, I like Pascal Siakam. Um, I don't think this is pie in the sky, but I don't know if I'm really on board with this trade. I, I think for some reason, Toronto has been very much wanting a center, like going after uh, a center. There's been rumors about Gobert. 
uh, and uh, you know in Toronto. Gobert in uh, Toronto makes sense, to be honest. I don't know. I'd rather have Da a more versatile defensive center in today's game. We've seen Gobert get played off the court in in the last few. Playoffs. Oh, I'm just talking about culture wise. Oh. Well. Okay, but uh, <laughs> basketball-wise, <laughs> Toronto isn't the French part of it's Canada. Close. Are they it's sending him to, to Montreal? Close. Are they sending him? It's close. We're moving the Raptors to Montreal. Toronto's like, what, 100 miles away from Quebec and Montreal? Hold on, who just did the uh-huh? That was, that was that me. That was Saul. You see, I didn't put the, the Cookie Monster emphasis <laughs> I, on it, though. I, I am Rudy Duo Gobert. I am here in Toronto. Like, <laughs> what the? I don't, like, I don't know. Oh, God. Look, uh, I, I like. I think Toronto may be more, uh, more willing to move a piece because they have six guys that are really good, but nobody that is necessarily great. Uh-huh. I think they may look at Da as a guy that could reach that potential. I just. I don't mind Pascal uh, coming back either, obviously, uh, but I would prefer Kevin Durant, obviously. I low you key, and everyone in the chat yeah, too. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I low key feel like this is. I would prefer Kevin Durant, but I feel like this is more unrealistic, just because there's been no indication that Toronto wants to trade Siakam. Um, this is more like there have been rumors. There was a report today from Jake Fisher that Toronto is interested in DA. They're one of the teams along with, I think, Detroit, uh, Portland, and... At this point, are there any teams who have said, we're not interested? Because I feel like the list just gets longer and longer every day. Well, I mean, most of the teams... Phoenix. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Um, No, but I I do think, like, it's plausible. But for those who are not as high on this trade, I'm kind of surprised because he is... I mean, he's a little bit older in terms of potential stars, but, like... He's still he's a two-time All NBA selection, and like he's only been in the league a couple years. He's a guy that you could turn to as not just a third option, but a secondary or even a primary option, depending on the defense that you're facing. And he's a really good defender. He could play small ball five. He's not your full-time five, and you'd still need to address that. But I mean, if you're talking about bringing a star here, like that's aside from KD, probably about as good as you're realistically going to get. Yeah, no, I, I I agree on that. Like, if KD isn't a realistic possibility, this is obviously the deal you make if it is if it is realistic at that point. Well, great job, Gerald, of putting this all together. Uh, also, shout out to David Nash, as you mentioned off the top, for his salary cap expertise. Mm-hmm. And a quick reminder to everyone listening, if you want to get into this a little bit more in depth, head over to gophnx.com and read Gerald's article on this because it has – way more nitty-gritty information in there as well as specific dollar amounts and all of that kind of stuff. So if you're itching to get a little bit more information on all of the trade scenarios that we talked about today, that's the place to go. Also want to remind you, summer is here. Things are heating up. We're getting out um, on the town and going on vacations and things of that sort. Make sure you're staying (laughs) safe and healthy. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone 5 and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. Was it really that bad? <laughs> she sounded so old. Yeah, she did. She really did. Sorry. I sounded old. Yeah. That's okay. 
<laughs> By the way, I'm just going to throw this. I'll, I'll throw this out there. <laughs> if if this, there's no chance Katie's coming. I'm so confident. I will shave my head. Good if Lord. DA is on the show, I will shave my head. If Dude, Kevin Durant, first of all, can I shave? No, I'd all, like to bring in somebody please. that knows what. The first of all, doing. this is when I have to step in and say, uh, hell no, because <laughs> if you shave your head, first of all, it'll be the whitest thing. I'll wear a hat since after snow. that. Don't worry. Um, okay, like. And you'll blind the screen. Like, no, that's not. We would have to reconfigure even, the lighting no. in here, Espo. No, yeah. And what if you miss, like, like no, there's just no way. I'll wear that's a damn not hat. Nope, veto, not happening. Yeah, that. don't no. worry. It ain't going to happen no. anyway. So. Also, Connor asked, did Lindsay and Espo plan on twinning today? No. no. They <laughs> said in unison. That was a very unison. definitive no. <laughs> Are you sure about that? The way you guys responded at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> if you are interested in the merch, head on over to our, our locker, phnxlocker.com, to pick some up. All right, guys, let's round out the show with an ad. Read roulette. Spin Who's that going beautiful wheel. Yeah, I hope it's a French read. accent so I can hear the cookie monster again. Didn't we already do the French accent? Yeah, I was joking. Oh. All right. <laughs> Who's getting it today? Hey, <laughs> no. Da, 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 da. Chill out, That's buddy. Chill out. That's impressive. That's a different wheel. Oh, no. Let's see what she has to read Let's the ad. The most annoying part of this is you guys won't even tell me what's on the wheel so I can at least semi-mentally prepare. What, what does it say, Shay? Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was a really over-the-top reaction from you, Oh, no. Can somebody, does anybody know a Mickey Mouse voice? I just did it. Do it again. No, not, the, not that. Say a word. Oh, hi. <laughs> this is going to be. Dear terrible. Lord, that was yeah. terrible. That shit's going to haunt me. Do, 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 do one more. No, no, I said terrifying. Do, oh, yeah. do one more. Say hello. <laughs> Say hello, hello, Mickey Mouse. Hello. I can't do this. This is going to be awful. Uh, <laughs> That's, I'm going to have a clown in my dreams talking like that tonight. I don't oh think this is going to be good at all. Oh, don't you worry. They're not supposed okay. to be. Get through so it. like, who? Something like that? That sounded terrible. That was awful. <laughs> oh, my God. You Go guys. All right. Oh, my gosh. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Stop by your local dispensary. And grab some amazing scratch-made THC gummies from our friends at OG. <laughs> Different flavors like blackberries and cream and watermelon. I feel like I'm slipping back into the other one that I did the other day. Now you sound like you're Southern. <laughs> southern Mickey Mouse. Bye, golly. Charles and Mickey interested in trying an amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, go to ogsbrands.com. <laughs> that was okay. terrible. We, That's ogsbrands.com to find an OG's near you. We definitely need to, listen, what we need to do is, is we definitely need to look at the, the voice roulette and we all should have input into... What I just voices need we like to, to hear it ahead of time, and then I can try and practice. copy it. That's the hardest thing. Is that like sometimes I can't remember what I haven't watched a Mickey Mouse show in years. We're gonna get so sued by Disney. <laughs> <laughs> 
shouldn't Mickey Mouse be close to that public domain thing too? Just like yeah, Winnie the right? Pooh. Oh it's coming God. up, right? Have you seen yeah. that? We've I haven't talked seen about... the trailer, oh but I saw gosh. the picture. Well, there's not a trailer yet. There's some fake trailers. Oh, there's not. There's not an official okay. trailer. Terrifying. Oh I my can't wait God. for that day. Connor said, "Is this Southern?" Apparently, that's a thing that I do that I didn't know about. Um, it's because of your book. My whole family is like, why do you have a Southern accent? I get asked all the time if I'm like from Texas. And I'm like, I don't hear myself say it, but everybody you else say hears y'all. it. Well, yeah, but that's different. Mm, is it, though? Well, that's a very Texas thing. Yeah, but I feel like it's also just like a neutral thing, too. Not that's why I go it. into it. You're always like, Whatever. Oh, come on, y'all. Like, all what? right, well. Thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate <laughs> you hell? as always. We'll be back here tomorrow at 2 p.m. So plan to come hang out with us. Until then, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay Smith AC. You can follow <laughs> Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. So take us home. Remember, friends don't let friends use the ESPN trade machine. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs> Hey yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX though, Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw him pass the ball, we here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me, I'll always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G, no plan B. Always on the job, my team move like the...